This is Photo Biz X, episode number 371. And today we're talking branding photography and how to build a brand photography business from scratch with a female photographer who decided to pursue her dreams after having children with the outlook of building a business to suit her lifestyle. Interestingly, she's running this successful business from a relatively small city in the US. I'm talking about Tanya Goodall-Smith from Work Story Photography, and that interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. It's going to be a fun interview today with Tanya, and I'm confident there will be something in this for you, whether or not you shoot brand photography, because Tanya has faced and is dealing with all the things that we face when we're building our businesses, whether we shoot portraits, weddings, pets, or even commercial work. So stay tuned for that one in just a minute. In regards to, to me and my week, well, it, it hasn't been fantastic because if you've been following the news at all, you will know that coronavirus seems to be getting a better foothold in Australia and things are not looking good in Victoria. So if you are listening from Victoria, you, you obviously know you're back in lockdown. Businesses will be struggling again and it looks like we'll be facing something similar in New South Wales if the numbers continue to grow the way they are. For me personally, for Linda and I and our business, we have basically just lost all our sporting team photography sessions, which are, are, are a big part of our business through wintertime here in Australia. We were all set to go. Linda had drafted up all the timetables. She sent out emails to all the parents. Things were looking like they were going to be great. We had a, a new venue sorted out where we could fit everyone in for these photos. And now with the new restrictions that are coming in this week, it's just not possible. So that's all been canned, sadly. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm feeling your pain if, if you're going through something similar or if you're continuing to go through something similar with your business. And I know it is different depending on where you're listening throughout the world. He's hoping that uh, yeah things get better soon, hey? In addition to that, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still loving not having the social media apps on my phone that I talked about last week. It's been about three weeks now. I've deleted Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter from my mobile phone. I still have access to those accounts on my desktop. And I look, I need Facebook because of the, the Photo Biz X premium members Facebook group. The daily vlog challenge runs through Facebook as well. I do enjoy the, the groups aspect of Facebook. I love Messenger. It just makes it so easy to communicate with friends and family, business acquaintances, other photographers. There definitely are benefits. And of course, yeah, <laughs> I absolutely love Facebook ads, but I'm not a big fan of Facebook itself. And I know that's hypocritical. And if there was a way for me to run Facebook ads without having a Facebook profile, I would absolutely do that. And I, I really miss the days when we were able to have Facebook groups as a standalone app on our phones. So yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's really catch-22. If I could, I would delete all those accounts because I, I found that when I was using them as much as I was, I would never come off any of the apps, Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram feeling better than when I went on them. And that's that's the reality. So in addition to the benefits of actually just feeling better by not having uh, or not spending so much time on those apps, I am finding more time to do the things that I want, including more photography for myself. And, and I've talked about this in the past before, and I'm, I'm sure you have been through the same thing where you, you have a crazy, mad, positive passion for photography, but sometimes that wanes and, you know, you, you get caught up in the business side, you get caught up with photography being purely a job where your photography bag, you know, is just like a toolkit. It's a toolbox. It's like like a tool belt that I used to wear when I was an electrician back in the day, uh, that they are just tools to to create an income. To, to bring money in to, to pay the mortgage and feed the family. It really did get that bad for me at some sta- or at one stage for, for quite a few years. There was almost no photos of my children for, for a few years spanning there. And I did rediscover my love of photography. And I talked about that quite a few years ago on the podcast. So I'm not going to dig all that up now. But in, in, in the time since then, there's definitely ups and downs where where my passion for photography ebbs and flows and I'm getting the feeling that that's just a natural a natural thing and talking to other photographers it sounds like we all go through this and for me one of the big things that contributed to me falling I don't want to say out of love with photography but there was a degree of that it is social media it is Instagram specifically and seeing just how easy it is to create great photography, nice photography these days for anyone, for everyone. We, we can all do it. Anyone can do it. And it almost becomes depressing. You know, when I, when I think back to, <laughs> I don't want to make myself sound super old here, but when I think back to the early days when, when, when I was learning the craft, when I was learning how to shoot on transparency film where you had to get your exposures correct, you couldn't check your images on an LCD, you, you were paying for every exposure that you that you shot. It taught it taught me to become a better photographer faster. There was a real art to photography. You know, you didn't just bring your photos into an app like Snapseed or Instagram or even Photoshop at that point. And it really felt like photography was was something special. You know, particularly when back in those days, you know, you'd get an article or I'd get an article published in a magazine or get a cover shot. On a, on a fishing magazine, that was just, that was amazing, fantastic. And, I mean, and that's what led to my love of photography and getting into weddings and portraits. But today, you know, I, I see my friends, and this might be a reflection of me and my, maybe my personality traits or my confidence in my own abilities, but I see my friends producing these, and these are non-photography friends, producing these incredible images by generally shooting the crap out of a scene, bringing their best images or image into some kind of editing suite, fine-tuning it, and and putting it out there for everyone to see. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I kind of felt like or feel like I I have to work hard even to produce images that are are better than non-photographers. In my case, non-photography friends who are producing amazing content. I mean, why, if we have acquaintances and they see photos from me and they see photos from other friends and they and they don't see a discernible difference, surely they must be wondering, wow, 
I thought Andrew was a photographer. You know, why, why aren't his images standing out way more? And again, maybe they're not even thinking that. Maybe that's just in my head. But, but I think we're getting to a point or we are at a point where to stand out, to, to be a successful photographer, we have to be more than a photographer. You know, we have to deliver an amazing experience. We need to know how to design incredible artwork, how to plan out and tell a, a beautiful story in an album design. And of course, we can add consistency and getting the shot no matter the conditions and no matter the, the situations that we're in, we, we do have to get great photography, great photos consistently, no matter what's thrown at us. But I'm asking myself and you, have the days gone where producing a great photo or a great series of photos is enough? One thing I do know is while I've been having this break from social media, from uploading to Instagram, and I was never prolific at uploading on Instagram unless I was away on holidays, I'm really enjoying shooting for myself, you know, working on a couple of small projects, not sharing those photos immediately and just doing what I love for myself. Again, I don't know if these are strange, unique feelings to me and thoughts that I'm having or if you feel the same way or if you've ever felt the same way, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this this thing that I'm going through. And uh, yeah, I'd love to know if it's uh, if I'm crazy, <laughs> if I'm unique, or if you've been through something similar or feel the same way. Let me know. And now, a macro look at our last episode. Alrighty, getting back to the business side of things, if you didn't catch last week's interview with photography business coach Julie Christie from Togs in Business, you need to get back and have a listen to that one, particularly if you'd like to learn about implementing automated email responder series into your photography business. We talked all about setting up your opt-in forms, lead magnets, what to include in your automated follow-up email sequence, and we covered it in detail. The response to Julie's interview has been absolutely fantastic. It was a real goldmine of information. We went way longer than we usually go. I think it was around an hour and a half that interview because Julie just wanted to share so much. So yeah, if you haven't got an email autoresponder set up for your photography business and you want to know how to do it, what to include, what to share with your subscribers, Get back and have a listen to that interview with Julie from last week. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Okay, we're just about to jump into this interview with Tanya Goodall-Smith and talk all things branding photography. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview with Tanya today because I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what you hear from Tanya in the first half of this interview and you want to hear the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try all the details are there. photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a US-based brand photographer who only works with business clients. Businesses hire her to create storytelling content to sell their products and services. 
And on her website homepage is obvious who her clients are and what she offers. Corporate branding, personal branding, headshots, video production, content creation, and social media management. I'm talking about Tanya Goodall-Smith, who is the owner and lead photographer at WorkStory Brand Photography. Tanya was originally a graphic designer, and after 10 years, she walked away from it all to pursue her love of photography. Her photography sessions are on location where she captures candid moments throughout the day for her clients. She's also a writer and educator for SLR Lounge and Layers Magazine, the official magazine for Adobe software. I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Tanya, welcome. Hi. (laughs) Excited to be here. (laughs) It's great to have you here. Branding photography, like, is that what you got into straight after graphic design or did you find your way with, you know, wedding and portrait photography first? Well, as a graphic designer, I was always frustrated with having to use really bad photos or having to search for stock photos like all day long, (laughs) trying to find the right one, you know, and photography was a hobby for me at that point. So my idea was to learn more about photography so I could offer it to businesses And as I started to learn more about it, I did start with my kids and my friends' kids and my younger siblings that were graduating from high school. And then one summer, I second shot for a photographer to see how that would be. And I mean, I liked it, but my heart was really in working with businesses. I missed, you know, creating advertisements, which seems (laughs) so weird, but that's what I like to do. So I eventually, yeah, went back to that. And as I was developing my own brand, I decided, you know, I really just want to focus in on working with businesses. So I typically refer out any other personal portraiture to my other photographer friends. Right. Okay. I said in the intro that it was obvious who your clients are, but now I'm wondering, is it actually graphic designers that hire you as well? Or is it the businesses that are using a graphic designer that need the photography? Both. I get referrals from a lot of website designers, actually, you know, because they have the same problem as me. They're creating this beautiful design for a company and then they send them terrible photos to put, you know, it's going to take up 90% of the real estate on a design. So they'll often refer the business to me. I mean, usually it's the actual business that's hiring me, not the, you know, the graphic designer or the advertising agency, but I do have agencies as my kind of referral partners. Right. Okay. Got it. So when you were making this transition and, and, you know, did you just flat out quit the graphic design job and start photography or did you slowly build it up like one with the other? Yeah, I slowly built it up. In fact, I still have a few clients that I do graphic design for, but I don't really advertise it anywhere. (laughs) You know, they're just kind of longtime clients. And yeah, I just kind of slowly worked my way out of the graphic design and more toward the photography. And one of my motivations for that was I was pregnant with my third baby and it was like Christmas Eve. And I had this client, it was actually a big technology brand and they were going to have this new year's huge thing. And like, I was staying up all night long trying to get this stuff done. Like, I don't know. I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like catering to these last minute deadlines and staying up all night. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I got to do something more (laughs) conducive to my schedule as a mom, as something where I have more control. And so that's where a lot of that motivation to create 
my offering came from. Like, you know, I'm the type of photographer that we plan a month in advance. It's very deliberate. No one's calling me at the last minute with an emergency for photos. You know, So I can fit it really well into my life and my schedule without having a lot of stress. Okay. So I was going to ask you, I mean, surely you're facing the same deadlines now as a photographer as you were when you're a designer, but it sounds like you don't. Yeah, I guess people know, you know, they can't call and be like, hey, I need a photo in five minutes. You know, like there's planning involved and yeah, I find it to be a lot more relaxed. I do have a quick turnaround usually if we do have a shoot and someone's like, hey, I need these in two days for a deadline, you know, I can usually get that done, but it's not as stressful for some reason. (laughs) And it might've been to the type of clients I had before. It was like the fashion and tech industry and, you know, in advertising, a lot of times people pivot really quickly or they don't plan ahead or for whatever reason, I was just having these super stressful deadlines and it wasn't working with kids anymore. Yeah, sure. So you just said that you've got three kids or you were expecting your third child when you started this. Mm -hmm. So how old were you when you left graphic design to become a photographer? So let's see, how long ago was this? Uh, (laughs) uh, I was in my early 30s. I was like 32 or so. And I had been doing photography before then, you know, for my own enjoyment and learning more and more about it. But that's when I really decided I want to turn this into a business. Right. So how long have you been in business as work story photography? So officially about five years, and I had this idea about eight years ago. So it took me a few years to like build up my skills and create a brand and all of that kind of stuff. So, but I, I bought like the work story domain and started developing that brand about five years ago. Nice. Nice. So how did you get those first clients, you know, that sort of set you on your path? So actually my first paid commercial job was a referral from an agency that does communications. And it was just, I had hired her to help me to get some magazine interviews and stuff. And she knew I was starting to do more photography and it was $600. It was like a two day shoot. I had to drive pretty far away. I, it was my first time using off-camera flash. Like, it was pretty bad if I look back at <laughs> it. Like someone, Yeah, but someone was paying me to take pictures, you know, for their website. And yeah, looking back on that now, I'm like, wow, that was kind of crazy. I had no idea what I was doing with the flash. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I've really come a long way since then. So. <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> Okay, let's fast forward to today. And I know, you know, you've been going now for over five years. How are you getting most clients today? How are they finding you? So still a lot of referrals. I've been working on my Google SEO stuff lately, and I have been getting people finding me online. And then my social media, I'm pretty good with social media. I mean, I create content for other people, so I should be good at it for my own business, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, people will find me on Instagram or Facebook. I've been starting to get more into LinkedIn. I haven't gotten a referral from there yet, but I haven't spent a ton of time there. I should be there because that's where the businesses are. So, (laughs) and then, yeah, just a lot of referrals. I've done a lot of local networking in the first two to three years of my business. I did a lot of that. I've backed away now because it's so time consuming. But it has paid off because I have a reputation in our local business community where someone's like, hey, I need photos for my website. People think of me. 
Nice, unreal. So how big, I mean, because I said you're based in the States, but how big an area are you servicing? Are you in one of the major cities? No, which this has been one of my biggest challenges. We live in Spokane, Washington, which is about a six-hour drive from Seattle and then an eight-hour drive from Boise, Idaho, and there's really nothing else around us that's a major city. So that's been one of my biggest struggles is finding enough clients in this small area without traveling, right? So, I mean, if I didn't have young kids at home, I'd totally be marketing to Seattle and Portland and Boise and just fly there. You know, I think that's probably what I would do to expand my market. But I also don't have a lot of competition. There's hardly any other photographers offering what I do. So that's been nice. Nice. So how big is Spokane population wise? I mean, are you shooting every day? Are you busy? No, my goal is to have about one shoot a week. And that's, you know, part-time working. And I have the capacity to do two a week or so. They're kind of full day shoots. It's like a big, it's a production, what I do. So it's not like a quick headshot or something. Although I do, I do some headshot events, which are really kind of fun, a good way to get some leads for myself too. So yeah, it's not a full-time job for me, really. It's more of a part-time thing because my kids are home and that's the way that I want it to be. So you've built a business around your lifestyle just for you. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Nice. So what do people pay or how much do you charge for, you know, one of your sessions? And does it depend on the session? Kind of my base package is $3,000 and it includes some strategy planning and then the day of the shoot and then licensing for about 10 retouched images. And then just depending on the client, sometimes I'll throw in extra photos for social media or, you know, if they want more than 10, we make a bigger package. I also do video and then I have some content creation retainers, which is actually the way I'm trying to move my whole business (laughs) so that I have clients hire me once a quarter or once a month to create photos or videos for them. And are businesses receptive to that idea? Um, They're coming around. I have, let's see, how many do I have? Uh, I have three or four who are on my retainer. That was before COVID-19 hit. (laughs) We've kind of had to (laughs) adjust. I'm kind of waiting for their businesses to open back up. But I have a couple that, you know, they didn't have to shut down. So that's been income for me coming in this whole time. So, and that's why I've moved this way because that cycle of like, you know, having to constantly make a sale is so time consuming. So I'd rather have a few clients that use me all the time. And then I'm spending more of my time creating for them rather than going out and getting another client. Got it. Got it. So how does that work? Is it a package that they get that they enter into an agreement and they sign a contract or is it just a verbal thing and they get you out once every three months? Yeah, we have a contract and generally One way I've been able to motivate that is to show them, you know, if you hire me once, it's going to be $3,000. But if you have me come in once a quarter, it's only going to be $2,500 or whatever. You know, I usually come up with a custom package based on what they need. And so, you know, if they're hiring me multiple times over the course of a year, they're going to save money versus hiring me once. Got it. Got it. So that's the bonus for them. Mm -hmm. And they've got, I guess, an endless supply of content then as well for their social media and wherever else they need it. Right. And then also I tried to sell them on the fact that, you know, they're hiring the same person every time. So we're getting to know each other. I'm getting to know their brand voice 
and we're creating a library of images and assets over time that have the same look and feel and they're not having to get to know someone new every time they feel comfortable with me. So those are all things that have motivated people to hire me in that regard. Got it. So do you actually change the way you shoot or approach a shoot depending on the client and what they want, or is it just your style that they're buying into? Yeah, I'm pretty flexible. And I think that's one reason my design and branding experience has helped me because I'm not really known for, you know, like the Tanya Smith style. (laughs) I don't really have that. It's more of like, you know, what's going to work for your brand. I would say, I mean, if you go to my website, my images are all pretty clean looking. Most of them are bright colors, but I've had brands say, you know, we shoot all black and white. We want all black and white because we're having this upscale look for our billboard and our ads. So I'm like, okay, so I'll deliver all their images in black and white because that's what they want for their brand. Or I've had, you know, I always do a, a kind of a strategy session with them and we always talk about the colors of their brand or do they want things bright and airy or more dark and moody based on what they want to communicate? So yeah, I absolutely custom create for each business. Okay. And you said earlier, so let's say someone goes for one of your day packages or collections. I'm not sure what you call them for $3,000. You said that you have a strategy session first. So is that you going in to see them and sit down and have a meeting or is this an over the phone, you know, 15 minute chat? Yeah. So it's usually in person. I prefer to do it in person. Number one, to see their location. You know, if we're going to shoot at their office or wherever, I want to go see it. And then also that's more for the corporate. If it's a personal brand, they don't always have an office. You know, sometimes we've got to figure out where we're going to do the shoot. So in that case, sometimes I meet them at their home or a coffee shop or something. And we go over, like, we kind of brainstorm all the ideas, you know, sometimes they don't know what should be in their photos. And so that's where I bring my expertise in and help them brainstorm ideas for what might communicate their message visually in their photos. And then other clients, they know exactly what they want. You know, they're like, I want this and this and this. (laughs) So, but most of the time they don't. Most of the time they're hiring someone because they're stumped. They're like, you know, we want amazing photos and we want to portray the fact that we're fun and approachable, but we don't know how to do that. So I help them figure that out. Where should we shoot? What should you wear? Should we bring in some models? What props do we need? All of that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So do you ever turn up to these strategy meetings and there's a, you know, some sort of layout guide or particular images that the web designer or a graphic designer wants? Yeah. Every once in a while, especially if I am working with a graphic designer or a website designer, if they already have the website designed, then sometimes, you know, they've got stock images there or they know kind of what they want to have there. And so that's actually really helpful because I, you know, we already know what we need to create. And so I'll usually do a Pinterest board for kind of inspiration for us. So if they've got those images, I drop those in there, kind of add some of my own ideas from research and then go from there. And then I've also had art directors come on the shoot sometimes too. And I'll show them, go on the back of the camera, kind of get their approval see if they have any ideas. I'm really great at collaborating. I don't really come with this photographer ego (laughs) of, you know, I'm going to create whatever I want to create. Yeah, I definitely don't come with that at all. I'm there to create assets for this business and whatever is going to be great for their marketing. Right. 
And then on the day of the shoot, are you bringing everything you've got as far as lights and equipment or are you just sort of walking around with a, a camera and a camera bag and just sort of documenting the day? Yeah, I definitely bring some lighting and other stuff because, well, we're in the inland northwest, so most often than not, it's dark. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've got like July and August, it's sunny. The rest of the time, it's overcast and dark at four o'clock in the evening and stuff like that. So you can't rely on natural light all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I've got a pretty compact kit. I've got one big suitcase with all my cameras, lenses, lint rollers, (laughs) steamers. (laughs) I've kind of got a lot of that kind of stuff in there. And then I've got a Profoto B2 travel kit. So it's super compact and some light stands. I usually bring a a step ladder. Let's see, what else do I bring? Sometimes they want, you know, like a gray backdrop or something. So I've got a backdrop stand and a couple of rolls of paper. It just depends on the shoot. Right. Okay. So, but I have, you know, my trusty minivan that <laughs> carries it all. <laughs> it sounded like you don't actually deliver a lot of images after a day shoot. Did you say 20 earlier? So, yeah, it just depends. I mean, the personal brand clients, they're usually like, hey, I need 200 photos for my social media. <laughs> so in that case, you know, I'll give them more. But more often than not, the people who are redoing their website, they need between 10 and 30 images. I mean, I've had some people where I'm like, oh yeah, you can have 30 images. And they're like, they have a hard time like even deciding. They're like, I don't even need this many. (laughs) So it just depends on the project. You know, what are they doing? I have a couple of clients every year, they hire me to do an image for a billboard and an ad campaign. And they usually need like three main images and then a headshot of each one. So that's a smaller deliverable. And then I have others that are like that personal brand that every day they're posting new photos on Instagram. So they want a lot of stuff. Okay. I'm just trying to get an idea of the shoot. So on one side, it sounds like you're really just shooting as much as you possibly can for these, like the last client you talked about, looking for social media images. But then some of them are very structured type shoots where you're really putting a lot of thought and effort into each mm-hmm. each particular shot. Is that the way it is? Well, I mean, even with the people who want a lot of images, we usually, we have a shot list. So... Let's see if I have one handy here. Let's see. I'm doing a life coach coming up soon. And let's see. We're going to be at her house. And she wants some of her in front of, like, working at her desk. And then we're going to do some with a group where she's, like, coaching them. Then we're going to have some in the kitchen cooking with her daughter. We're going to go to Starbucks and have a meeting. We're going to take her sports car out somewhere. We haven't figured out where that's going to be yet. And then just some basic like headshots with lots of room for text on the side for her ads and stuff. So we've got a basic framework, a shot list, and then I'll typically just shoot several different images within that concept. Got it. Got it. So that shot list has come out of the strategy session you've had beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yep. Got it. Okay. So, And what happens on the day? Let's say it's raining or the weather's bad. Do you just reschedule? Usually we try to have a plan B I shot someone this, when was it? Let's see. It was like this fall, like September. Usually the weather is gorgeous in September. And she wanted to do some inside and some outside, like hiking and playing tennis. And we got this freak snowstorm that (laughs) night. Like it snowed like 10 inches and like the tree in front of her house broke and fell down. And so that's kind of the only one I could ever recall where we had to 
we actually did half the shoot. We did the shoot inside because I usually get a hair and makeup artist coming and an assistant. So, you know, I was like, let's just shoot the indoor stuff and then we'll do the outdoor stuff this spring. And of course, then we had a global pandemic. (laughs) So So there's no tennis going on in the snow. (laughs) Yeah. So we didn't do tennis. You know, she's like, I want to sit by the pool, all this stuff. So, you know, in an extreme case like that, I'm pretty flexible. But for the most part, we'll try to have a plan B. And I shoot mostly inside, it seems like for these branding shoots. It seems like most everyone, you know, unless they have some part of their story that needs to be outside. We do a lot of indoor right. shooting. Got it. And you mentioned, you know, a makeup artist, hairdresser, assistant, potentially models. Is that all in addition to the $3,000 they're paying you or does that come out of that $3,000? So usually like for the personal brands, I include it. It's kind of a an incentive, you know, you get your hair and makeup done for free. And my assistant is really affordable. I just pay her by the hour. And then... Let's see what else. Oh, models. Usually we've been pretty great to have models chosen by the company. You know, I'm like, hey, I could go out to an agency and help you find models. It's going to cost a lot of money. (laughs) But, you know, I could do that for you. Or you could ask some of your clients to come in and be like real life people in this scene. That's often what we do. So, and that's what this life coach that we're doing, she's just going to invite some of her friends over and they're going to be our models. And oftentimes, you know, they'll give them a gift card or some of their services for free or whatever. So yeah, I haven't really had to, you know, I mean, I feel like if this was a huge budget shoot, we would hire models from an agency. I haven't really done that kind of shoot. These are more of like, you know, I mean, $3,000 for a corporate photo shoot is a low budget, really. Yeah. I guess it depends on the client. Yeah. Yeah, but most of my clients are dentists or massage therapists. You know, they're not huge corporations. They're these smaller local businesses. And so for them, $3,000 is an investment. Yeah, and I agree. For the most part, we have had no trouble finding people to come model for us. It's been pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Good. laughs> so what happens then after the shoot? I'll get the impression it's a pretty quick turnaround. I think you said two days generally. Is that normal or is that if someone needs the images quickly? Yeah, I usually promise like two weeks, but I like to get them done within a week because I just want to move on to my next one. I don't like to get things bogged down in the pipeline. So, and if they have to, if they're going to choose images for retouching, that's usually more time. So I'll get them the proofs out within about a week. Then they choose the ones they want me to retouch and then takes me another week or so to get those to them. So, and I have had a few instances where someone's like, hey, you know, I just got chosen for an interview in this magazine. Can you come take my picture? And I need it tomorrow. But that doesn't happen very often. Okay. So with the normal scenario, it sounds like you do a cull. You show your favorite images. I don't know how many you show there. I'd love to know how many you show the client. They pick then their favorites to be retouched. Have they got a particular number they have to stick to? Yeah, it just depends on the package that I designed for them. And I feel like the number of images is kind of a bargaining chip that I can use sometimes, you know, <laughs> like a quote them a higher price and they're like, oh, it's a little out of our budget. I'm like, well, you know, what if you only get this amount of images instead? And that works sometimes for people to, you know, help them out a little bit. Right. How many would you typically show a client after a shoot, a one day shoot? Yeah, I guess it just depends. It seems like everything's kind of custom designed depending on what 
how many concepts we had. And I usually try to I don't know. I never really have a set number. I just call out anything that's bad. <laughs> okay. So really you're leaving the choice to them. They're going to choose their favorites out of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a client that is not confident choosing, you know, sometimes I'll have some that are really stuck on that and then I'll sit with them and help them choose. But that doesn't happen very often. I mean, most of the time, if I'm working with a marketing manager or an owner of a brand, they're pretty good at choosing what they want. Yeah, yeah. So with a $3,000 package, how many final images are you retouching generally? Usually 10. That's about about 10. Unless that's if I'm giving them a bunch of other ones for their social media. If it's more of a web design client and they're like, we don't need a ton, it would be anywhere between 10 and 20, you know, like final images. Right. So let's say there was... 50 that you were showing them, they were choosing 10 to be retouched for their website or social media. Do they still get the other, other 40? Like I said, it just depends on the client. Like I kind of, I kind of make a deal you know, <laughs> based on what they want. So, but if it's in the case of like, so if someone says, Hey, we need 15 images for our website. We don't necessarily need a bunch for social media. This is just going to be for our kind of base marketing photos I would do that one for $3,000. I'd retouch those and then they wouldn't really get the rest. And then sometimes I can upsell them if they want. You know, sometimes they're like, wow, well, we really love this additional 10. So I'll, you know, quote them a price for extra images. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Got it. Love it. Love it. Now, I know you've got an education tab on your website, but you actually teach this stuff, all the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. So I'm creating a course now to teach photographers basically my whole business model. And it's at workstoryeducation.com. And I'm really excited about that. And then I'm also an educational ambassador for SLR Lounge, and they have really incredible education for you know, if you're a beginning photographer or if you want to learn more about lighting or yeah, they have a lot of great stuff there. So nice. So tell me about your course. It's an online course. Is it focused hundred percent on brand photography? Yeah. So basically if you want to work with businesses or the personal brands, that's what I, I teach you how to do. I feel like when I was starting, there wasn't a lot of guidance out there for how to approach businesses for photography. You know, there was a lot of wedding photography courses and portrait and babies and boudoir, but I couldn't find anyone to teach me how to go out and sell and, you know, have a workflow for working with these small local businesses. And so I just kind of created it through trial and error. And I would love to teach other people how to do it because I think there's so much of a need for this as people are going more and more online to market their businesses and yeah, it's just really needed. And I'd love to teach other photographers how to do it. Nice. Nice. And I've got to tell you too, Tanya, I didn't say this earlier, but your website is beautiful. Like it's so easy to navigate. The photography is gorgeous. It's easy to read. It's pretty easy to see that you're a designer. It really is gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. I worked really hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So the link to the course isn't here yet, but that's coming. Is that right? Yeah, it's not on there. So workstoryeducation.com is different from workstoryphotography.com. So it's a separate URL. So Okay, I'll add links to that in the show notes. Okay, perfect. Awesome. 
Tanya, look, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you have. Yeah, I've loved hearing about your business and what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being on your podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tanya as much as I did. Tanya, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. I love the way you've built up your business, the way you're maintaining the lifestyle that you want. You have the time with your children and you've built a successful business around that. So again, thanks so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. And for you, the listener, I do hope you feel the same way. I hope there were a number of takeaways. If there was one thing that stood out to you, one thing that you thought, yes, absolutely, I can and I will implement that into my business. I would love to hear about that. I know Tanya would as well. If you want to share that with me and Tanya, there's a comments area at the bottom of the show notes. You can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 371. Also, as part of those show notes, you'll find links to anything and everything that Tanya mentioned. It's all there. There's some examples of her work. Everything is in one place on that page, photobizx.com forward slash 371. And if you are a premium member, Tanya is already part of our premium members Facebook group. So if you have any follow-up questions for her there, hit her up inside the group. I know that she'll be happy to come back and answer those for you. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Don't forget if you want to get in on the next daily vlog challenge, which is kicking off in September, September 7th, I think from memory, uh, head over to daily vlog challenge. You can register now for the early bird pricing and I'll keep you up to date via email when we're about to kick that off. And if you are in or just finished the current challenge i will see you on the live call tomorrow morning can't wait we finish off the daily vlog challenge with a live call where everyone gets to ask questions meet each other or see each other in person have a chat and uh yeah it's it's a really nice way to, to finish off the challenge so that's tomorrow morning first thing if you're in the current challenge other than that i hope you have a fantastic week wherever you are based in the world i hope you are staying safe healthy and well and i will talk to you soon bye for now if you have enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 